This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 102. I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? As Peter waves, he is, <laughs> he is providing salutations from Boston. Yeah. I mean, man. <laughs> Outside of Boston. Yeah, I'm being, I'm, I'm just being a little funny. I've got a, uh, um, I got a toothache and it's kind of just, uh, kind of, uh, distracting me. Mm hmm. <sighs> uh, and, and you know what today is? Today is Friday the 13th. Yes, it is. And it was a, uh, I don't know if it was officially like a harvest moon, but it was a very yellow moon this morning. Which was pretty cool because out, uh, cro- you know, CrossFit. It's dark at, mm. at five a.m. Mm-hmm. when we're doing it, and look outside, and there's the great big yellow orangey moon out there, and had a nice bright sunrise when it came up, and ran a mile while carrying a fifty-pound bag. All that right, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't up that early. I. Um, Oh, yeah, I had another update for this. Um, Three Philosophers, you know, my favorite beer from Uh brewery in uh, Cooperstown, New York. Mm -hmm. I had heard a year or so ago they had released a limited um, bourbon barrel aged uh, edition. Mm -hmm. And another beer aficionado friend of mine, also named Adam, uh, (laughs) told me about it. And he had it in a bar, uh, but it was a limited edition and I didn't get there in time. Uh, he said he actually preferred the original version uh-huh. um, because it was just like, it was almost like too much of a good thing. <laughs> so, um, so I, unfortunately, he's like, yeah, the regular one's better. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take your word for it. Um, but this year they now have a wine barrel, red wine barrel aged edition. Huh. And I'm trying that, and it's good. I think I also prefer the regular version. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I, d- I did buy two four-packs, mm-hmm. and it's slightly cheaper because um, the, the price is – it's a few dollars more, but instead of 12-ounce bottles, that's pint cans, so it's uh-huh. um, So that's two, two things it's got going for it. It's a little cheaper, and it comes in bigger servings. Yeah. Um, other than that, I prefer the original, but um, it's still a great beer. I wonder if because it's in uh, wine barrels, it would still give me a headache like wine does. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what uh, what port, what parts of it, you know, is it the, the sulfides or, you know, if those it, transfer over or not. Yeah. Well, I know the alcohol couldn't because the alcohol would have evaporated. Right. Uh, but if sulfides, hmm, I think those are heavy. So uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what my my father believes gives him. You know, used to give him the headaches, headaches, mm-hmm. fights in red wine. Yeah, if I, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, well, I can have one glass of wine and I won't have a headache. But mm-hmm. if I have two, I'll definitely have a headache. Well, unless the <laughs> unless whatever it is that causes the headache is concentrated in the barrel and transmitted into the beer, I'm 
guessing you could probably down one of these pretty safely. Yeah, I, I'm not that sensitive. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it would probably be fine. Between, between the, the beer and the, uh, the, the Benadryl that I took last night to help me sleep, I got in a solid nine hours, and uh, <laughs> I was not up to see that Harvest Moon that which you were speaking this morning. That's where I was going yeah. with that. Yeah, nine hours and then two hours of groggy. Yeah, no. Well, that was the nice part is the grogginess had pretty much faded by then. So okay. that's cool. the trick. Like I, I got in late a few nights ago and it was, I, I just looked and I said, you know, I had a pretty busy evening, so I'm not going to bother with the, uh, you know, no, no diphenhydramine. I'll be fine. Plus it was late. And if I, you know, pop one of those at like 10 or 11 o'clock, mm -hmm. useless until nine at least. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it. And of course, that was one of the nights that my late onset insomnia chose to manifest. So <laughs> sitting there staring at the ceiling from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Like, what can I do? Well, can't sleep. May as well meditate. Um, <laughs> do you ever, when you're having insomnia and you can't sleep, do you ever like wonder what you should do with your arms? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do with my arm. Hey, like, how do I sleep? Why are these are in the way? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they kind of flail around on their own a little bit. You don't have to think about that too much. <laughs> so we had we had a little. Um, uh, I was I was checking out the podcast episodes, and as I was doing this, I realized I never published episode one hundred and one. So when you're listening to this one, you'll also have a. Uh, 101 and a 102 right afterwards so we'll have we'll, we'll have a double publish but, but what happened was uh, I kind of have some things built in place to where I remember to do things like if I don't have a task or I don't have a calendar event I don't do them mm -hmm. well zoom sends me an email when the recording is ready and I don't take that email out of my inbox until I have done it or created myself a task. Email never came. So I, you know, that I, I was using that as my reminder and I just completely forgot till today. I was like, huh, I never published the podcast. <laughs> See, I thought that you were just doling them out a little bit because you've done that in the past. So I yeah. you were just, you know, taking your time. <laughs> yeah sometimes i know like if if we were going to be off for a little bit you know i might publish one now and then hold for two weeks on another one so that it's kind of keeps the, the interest level but uh but yeah but no this one was this one was completely unintentional <laughs> okay well there you go <laughs> uh, so since I, I i missed last week's publish uh but you know what I also missed was uh, Lenny Kravitz's concert last night. What's up with that? <laughs> well, uh, the concert started at 7.30, and it was on my calendar, and uh, we simply forgot that it was happening that night. And, and, you know, I, I looked at – I got the 30-minute reminder that the concert starts in 30 minutes, and I, just, I said, oh. <laughs> wow that seems like a pretty big forget man i mean <laughs> that's up there <laughs> yeah. wow well it was it was just a busy day and you know darren i didn't just forget elizabeth forgot too so like oh well 
Well, I'm, I kind of, I think that kind of speaks to how serious you were about seeing what <laughs> <laughs> well, she really did want to go. Uh, but did she really? <laughs> yeah. You don't, I know you, you say that she wanted to, but did she really want to? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well, I mean, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, Okay. Well, um, I had, well, I mean, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about virtual desktops infrastructure, have we? Uh, I think we've touched on them briefly, but um, not for a little while. Okay. Well, I mean, I, what's interesting is like, I've gotten like three different companies with interest in the virtual desktop infrastructure right now and so i've i've actually spent a lot of time doing research i'm like well since this is all fresh on my mind we could we could chat about this to be a little technical version well it wouldn't be it's not so technical it's more along the lines of the interest and benefit the because <clears throat> there there is an additional cost for the virtual desktop mm -hmm. because you still have you have to get to that desktop some way or another, <laughs> you know, so you got to have a computer, Yep. but, but you can have a significantly reduced computer. Uh, like my Mac mini here, I can connect to a virtual desktop and run AutoCAD, you know, engineering stuff that I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily run from it, but I can run it on that virtual desktop. Mm -hmm. And the other cool thing is I've got my Mac mini here, and then I've got my Linux box over there behind me. So I just, you know, quit working on this one because I'm tired of standing. I go over to my Linux box and open up my virtual desktop. It's exactly the same as it was over on my Mac mini, which is mm -hmm. really slick and really one of the benefits. Um, and companies who are working in multiple locations. So one of, one of these clients is actually a perfect fit for VDI because they've got 30 some odd employees and they're spread out throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. They have no centralized documentation, no centralized files. They're using, they do, it's called Dropbox. Hmm. And <laughs> I mean, depending on your use case, it may make sense. Yeah. So they've got, well, and so they've got some Dropbox, they've got some OneDrive, They've got some people with OneDrive sharing data to other people with OneDrive, you know, because OneDrive's really meant for you to use in your company, not necessarily. Yeah. You share, can share points should be the share point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can share it, but should you? That's the other. Yeah. <laughs> should you? No, you shouldn't really. Uh, and so this is a perfect scenario for them to where they would have centralized files, you know, all the desktops would be the same because they've got, they got a lot of disparate hardware, you know, they buy what they can get at Best Buy. Uh -huh. And it, it may have pro software. It may have home software. It, you know, it may be Mac. It may not, you know, and then, You've got to support it that, hey, I lost my password. I never had your password. I there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> you <know? 
somebody changed my password and I can't get in. You've got to wipe and reload, my friend. <laughs> I, I don't want to wipe and reload. <laughs> well, it's going to be one of those days for you, isn't it? Yep. Should have thought of that sooner. Mm-hmm. But it, and it is really slick from you know, the Azure, because I, I mentioned before, we're, we're going in the Azure world uh, because we've, we've gotten into Microsoft. And it is really slick because we've got this, um, there's an application or a, another provider called Nerdio. Have you heard of them? Yeah. So Nerd, I mentioned them. So they sit on top and proxy between Microsoft Azure and they proxy between Office 365, which are two separate accounts and join them together. So if you wanna create a user, I go into users and I create Peter Nicolaitis and it creates your Office 365 account, it creates your virtual desktop account, you log into your virtual desktop, voila, your Outlook works. How did that happen, you know? <laughs> it's just really slick. I mean, there is a, there is a cost associated with that, that, that Nerdio, that wrapper, but it's not, it's not, it's not expensive enough to, um, you know, say, no, I, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, it's just a, it's a really yeah, it's like an overlay, a management layer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I was also thinking about was, oh man. So if I've got these remote desktops, these virtual desktops, I've got to somehow secure them so that, you know, if you have a desktop with a username and password, your username and password gets compromised and somebody tries to log in as you in China, since they have your username and password, they just can. So, you know, we've talked about two-factor authentication before. So how do we do the two-factor? Well, the Nerdio platform and Azure, I, I don't know, I actually don't know exactly how they've done it, uh, but they've already built in the two-factor authentication into that. So when you create your user, you give it a cell phone. Mm -hmm. When you log in with your username and password, the first thing it says, send us the authentication code that just came to your cell phone and you have two minutes to enter it before you're gonna have to do it again. So that is also able to save me from requiring a VPN or some other method of two-factor authentication if users are not in the same building. So it's pretty slick, um, you know, and the price is still not, you know, it's not too bad, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, if you're, if you're looking at like a 13 user shop with a server, a file server and a domain controller and 13 virtual, you know, desktops, you're still looking at like two grand uh, per month. You know, and you can you can argue if you're if you're looking at it from the old school method of I can buy a five thousand dollar server and my ROI on that's two and a half months. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. But the power goes down at your office, you're dead. The internet goes down at your office, you're dead. A bad patch goes on your server, you're dead. I mean, there's all these these all you know. If the power goes out in your office, then 
you know, the half of your office that's outside of the office, they can't work too, even though they do have internet and power. Right. So these single points of failure go away. So you get rid of single points of failure with cloud, you get disaster recovery in the events of, you know, you can back up to multiple regions. So let's say that there's a hurricane <laughs> and your data center has to shut down for, you know, data protection. Well, you're offline. No, I'm not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've got my data backed up to another region, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things uh, that are benefit. And, you know, and when you just look at the future of things, you know, I, I still believe that that's where it's going to go. Um, being able to be productive wherever you are is going to be a big deal. And the security and the backups and the speed of which you can bring up a new user. I mean, how many times has somebody said, Hey Peter, we've got somebody starting today. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely been there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely been there. <laughs> now, I mean, you can't, you can't provide a, uh, a, a terminal out of thin air, but you might have a really old terminal somewhere that you could at least get them on online. And once they're in there, they get oh, the sure. solid speed of their, their virtual desktop. Their Chromebook sitting around. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, you know, one of the other things is it's been annoying to go well, energy savings. Of course, you can use a lesser computer, mm -hmm. you know, like my Mac mini takes a lot less energy than my custom built PC down there. Right. And my custom built PC makes a lot of wind noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've bought, you know, quieter fans and they are quieter, but they are not silent. Despite what the sticker says on the outside, they are not silent. Silenter. <laughs> Silenter. That's what they should be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still excited about it. You know, I would like to, um, move more clients over to it. It definitely makes um, my administration of it easier. That's not necessarily, you know, and I, and I argue, I've argued that with tech techs where they say, well, I need it this way because it's easier for me. It's easier for you to do your job, but it doesn't really save the client any time or money. So it's not really, really a benefit to them right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, how no, exactly do they benefit exactly? yeah <laughs> no i mean i'm not i'm not saying let's work harder you know we'll work smarter and find our own roi on it mm -hmm. but don't try to sell me a convenience for yourself that provides no value to the client well we <laughs> have plenty of that going on at the hospital where people just want this tool whatever this tool is and they don't give cool. any to, yeah, well, you know, it's what they've used in the past. And our standard policies are usually to steer people to what we already have. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I can understand it because a lot of what we already have is garbage. So yeah. I can understand people not wanting to use that. But, um, you know, there's something to be said for uh, not supporting redundancy and mm -hmm. you know, just use what you got, people. You know? so. Yeah. 
Well, and yeah, and that's another thing too, talking about using what you've got. If you were using a virtual desktop environment, you know, you have this older gear, it can last a lot longer too. Yes. Yep. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. It definitely extends the shelf life. Mm-hmm. So, and what I, I think there was one other point that I had about that. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it is, like I said, it's, it's very cool. I definitely think that, you know, in the future, it's going to be really what everybody does. It's, it's very much like mainframing though. <laughs> we're in the oh, windows yeah. version of mainframe. Oh, oh, totally is. I mean, we're just, everything is cyclic. I was thinking about that today and you know, people were talking about VDI and thin clients. And I was like, yeah, that's where we started. Yeah. yeah. Started where there's this big Unix thing over there and dumb terminals. Well, Compare, you know, a big beefy server with remote desktops to a thin client. It's pretty much the same thing. It's just a little prettier. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know? We went through there and then we did PCs on the desktop that had all the power, but then like, well, wait a minute, how about servers? Let's do a lot of the storage and stuff over on servers. So now we push it over there and it's just, you know, we're bouncing back and forth and the cloud. Okay. Cloud's just services. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not servers. It's a service, whatever. It's the same thing. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, brother. So I gotta, we gotta accelerate things a little okay. bit. I'm gonna have to punch out and put some mouth numbing stuff on. Okay. But I did want to follow up on my Kindle story. Uh huh. Um, I got the replacement. Yep. It's a it's supposedly a refurbed, upgraded version. <laughs> so now I have two identical eighth generation Kindles. Perfect. And a one hundred and six dollar credit on my account. <laughs> <laughs> so okay thank you amazon yes you win the customer service battle <laughs> hands down hands down yep so good job good on you there you go and uh, <laughs> so tell me your thoughts about the apple announcement from tuesday so, so the iPhone 11, I'll be honest, I, I didn't realize it was coming so soon. I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize it was so soon until I saw it. Um, I'm really, I'm a camera guy. I'm a photography guy. So well, get the iPhone pro. Yeah. The iPhone 11 pro. I wish I, cause I just bought this, this X S the, the, the highest one, the, that's the XS. The XR is a step down. Right. So I just bought it in June before I went to Mexico because right. my phone was dying. And I wish I had paid attention and known the release date of oh. this phone because <clears throat> I'm... Well, it's I, I'm every September, man. It's always every <laughs> September. <laughs> every September. Okay. Well, last how many years? <laughs> yeah. So what's probably going to happen is I'm going to let it sit for two, three months and I'm going to replace mine and give my phone to my wife so that I can have the new awesome camera. So I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm not going to go for the max. Um, the telephoto lens does look pretty cool, but I think that the, the iPhone 11 base model itself is going to be fine for my purposes. Um, but uh, my plan was to give my father my iPhone 8 and I just called and AT&T says if I extend my contract with them, I can get an iPhone 11 
and then a second iPhone 11 or an iPhone 10R. Oh, wow. So my plan is that I'm going to probably sell my iPhone 8, buy myself an iPhone 11, um, 128 gigs, and take the free iPhone 11, 64 gigs for my dad. And okay. The only thing is that will, assuming his you know DSL at home is working, it will allow him to make and receive cell phone calls if someone actually calls his cell phone because he can't <laughs> do that anymore because he's got this ancient little Nokia Lumia that I gave him running you know Windows whatever, um, so he can't he can't make phone calls on that because the uh, little um, AT and T microcell that I had for years at his place eventually died, uh-huh. so he's got no cell signal there. Um, but he was also saying, like one of the uh, one of my mom's caretakers was saying, um, my mom had developed a bruise or something, and they wanted to tell the doctor. And my dad was like, "Well, it's such a hassle, you know. We got to get you know my mom in the car and drive her around." And one of my mom's nurses said, "Why don't you just take a picture and email it to the doctor?" And suddenly, my father is now interested in <laughs> having a phone where he can easily use the camera. And <laughs> I was telling him, look, look, yes, that phone, that Lumia that you have, it has a camera and stuff. I can't walk you through that over the phone. I don't know where you find the camera and how you would set that up. But if you had an iPhone and, you know, kind of like that iPhone 5S that I left there so that we could try FaceTiming. Yeah. You know, if you had that... You can pick that up and I can tell you right off the top of my head how to, you know, (laughs) oh, it's not charged. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if I make this his primary phone, it will be charged. So, Mm -hmm. so that's my plan. And um, so my plan is just, I'm going to just trade, you know, I'll maybe sell this back to Apple for store credit or send it into Gazelle or Nextworth or something like that. Yeah. And um, why is the heat on? Oh, it's so hot. So <laughs> hot air blowing here. The heat's on, but it's like in the 70s outside. <laughs> uh, nest. So, yeah, so that's my plan. Um, I'm not going to buy a Series 5 watch. The always-on feature, yeah, sounds cool. Not compelling enough to me, you know, to buy when I've got a Series 4. Mm-hmm. And... Um, not since I'm going to get a bigger phone, it's going to be slightly bigger, but I'm going to resist the temptation for now anyway, to buy another iPad. Mm -hmm. And um, so my plan is new phone this year, next year, new laptop, you and Scott have to hold me to that, you know, new laptop and, but man, I really want a new laptop more than I want a new phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I can wait. I can wait. Yeah. I can hold up. And um, yeah, so that's my plan. I'll, um, you know, new watch. I don't know. Next year, new, new uh, thingamabobber. But um, yeah, I'll stay with AT&T for better or for worse, you know, getting the upgrade and, you know, a free second phone. That's, it's kind of worth it. So, yeah. Plus that way my dad will have the, you know, a better camera. So higher resolution photos and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see. So I did like you know, talking about the 11 versus the 11 Pro. Um, I did like the idea of the stainless steel frame, mm-hmm. you know, gives in case you drop that thing or whatever, it gives it, I'm not a, I'm not a pocket carrier. Right. So, so I don't worry about warping my phone. 
Yeah. Now, did you notice that when they were demoing the iPhone 11, um, that they had a lot of multiple instances of people dropping the phones in the videos? Did you catch that? No, no. A lot of when they demoed that, you know, like the the real world use cases and stuff. There was a lot of dropping. It was like they were, and they mentioned that it's the strongest glass that they've ever made. But they mm-hmm. didn't give any specifics on that. They didn't go into any details, and you know, like, oh, it's three times heavier, you know, heavier or more resistant or anything like that. So yeah, it, uh, it it was interesting. I've never had a phone warp on me before, and I generally don't wear pants that are so tight that it's gonna (laughs) i don't generally have to worry about that Uh but um you know i do like more durability and i really i just want more battery life and my friend you know scott friend of the show he has said that the battery life problem that's been fixed since the 10 you know well yeah i've been on an eight Mm-hmm. bought the smaller phones well now the smallest phone is a 10 you know or the size of a 10 you know the 11 or so so great i'll step up to finally have better battery life which is something i've been asking for since the iphone 4 <laughs> yeah and i mean that is something that i've been really pleased with is the battery life. i was going to look at this to see what what percentage it is because it, it hasn't been on the charger i've been up i mean it's been off of the charger well, I got up, I charged it on the way. So since 6 a.m., it's been off of the charger. And what percent? Oh, it says, it still says 100%. No, that's that's not right. Oh, well. <laughs> it can't be 100%. I don't know what it is because they hid the percentage from me. And I'm not going to take the time right now to look it up. But it's it can't be less than... 80%, eight, you know, 90%. Mm-hmm. And it runs that way all day, even with no matter how I use it. So it's... I wish I could say that. I mean, with my eight, it's like I look at it funny and I lose 5%. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I, I actually got a new battery put in my old um, iPhone SE. Yep. Because I, when I'm down at the farm and on the tractor and everything, I've got that thing on my hip so that I can listen to audio, the bigger phone takes up a lot more hip space. Yes. And I want the little phone. And down there, I don't have cell phone signal anyway. Uh, so it's an airplane mode. Uh, well, that's, that's why I have an Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, I, you know, I've got a cable earbuds in because I need the silencer and because I'm on a tractor for four hours. Gotcha. I need to, so. Yeah. Well, other than the cable, I mean, that's my use case. When I go for runs, I listen to music or podcasts off of my, uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the no, only, I, I watch. The only other thing that from the 11 versus the 11 pro is going from the two cameras to the three cameras. So you get the telephoto and then you get, you get all the real cool photography stuff of getting bokeh and things like that. My concern is the camera area on the phone is so big and I'm always I'm always very conscious of the camera area so that you don't scratch it. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be open so that it's there for for viewing but like my camera the dual camera on my new XS is you know pretty small mm-hmm. but that you know even though it does have dual and my finger tends to cover the bottom one and I tend to leave a fingerprint on it. 
where the the less camera there so if there's three lenses and it's double that size i can imagine my fingerprints being on my camera a lot (laughs) (laughs) and scratching it i'm concerned about scratching it right so i mean unless you had like a cover that you slid off and then took pictures then slid back on yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't appeal just go for something big like an otter box or something like that you know triples the size of your phone (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna do that (laughs) although i do like the oled of the pro uh Mm -hmm. because i've got the i've got the new ipad 11 pro uh size wise 11 not version 11 but Right. And I like it. I like it a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm not a photographer, but I do have camera envy when people have better cameras and I see them taking photos and it's just like, I mean, I go back to like, I remember when I thought I was cool, cool because I was able to take any pictures with a cell phone. Yeah. And, and then you get this new phone and you're like, wow, look how good these pictures are. And then you get this new phone and it's like, wow, look how good these pictures are. <laughs> Every time you get a new phone, it's wow, look how good these pictures are. But then if you have an older phone, you're looking like, wow, look how lousy my pictures are. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard. I know we're not supposed to, you know, be constantly comparing ourselves against everybody else around us, but that, that's exactly what I'm doing when you, when you show me your phone and I look at my phone and, oh, these are terrible. I don't want to show you. <laughs> That's the yeah. big thing. That said, the, the telephoto, you know, camera feature of the uh, Pro does look cool, but I think I'm going to hold off on that one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, to wrap things up, mm-hmm. I have a nifty that no one should ever use. Okay. Okay. So, and actually, I don't think, I'm not, I'm not even going to give the URL. I don't want to tell people what this is. But what I found was a service that lets you bypass two-factor authentication. <laughs> and essentially, what they're doing is outsourcing your two-factor authentication to them. So what you do is if you have, for instance, Duo Security or um, if you had something like, uh, you know, RSA two-factor or whatnot, Uh instead of you having to deal with the hassle of receiving those connection requests to your phone that say, is this you? Touch yes. Or getting a six-digit code that you have to key in. This is a service they would offer to do this for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is wrong for so many reasons. <laughs> so, you know, number one, no, you, the whole point of these things is to make you more secure, right? And if you're bypassing these things, you are not more secure. You are less secure. Number two, if it's work that's saying you have to have this and you're bypassing, you are almost certainly violating your work policies <laughs> that can get you fired <laughs> you know so oh god a friend of mine who uh, used to work for CyberArk posted that on linkedin and i was like that's well, uh, absolutely amazing i'm looking at this website right now the website that we're not going to post if i don't know how anybody would be willing to put their two-factor authentication in to this vendor's web this looks like 
a scam to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, while you're at it, can I just give you my, my passwords too? Yeah. Do you need my social for, to, to make sure that you don't have any blockers in this? Yeah. Cause we don't want to be interrupted while we're doing all these great things. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, there are, there are three colors, black, gray, no four, black, gray, blue for the sign up button. But everything else is, is black and gray and white with a blue sign up button. <laughs> awesome. No, Just awesome. No <laughs> copyright, no testimonials, no. <laughs> yeah, just look, yeah, the whole thing is it's about trust. <laughs> just just trust. Just trust. trust. Trust me. You can trust me. You can trust me. <laughs> right. On that note, I need to trust in some painkillers for my tooth. Okay. Uh, All right. Do you want me to take take our closing? You, got you, it. you okay. brought us in, and I'm going to let you take us out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you have some feedback, or you'd like to discuss a particular topic, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can visit us on Facebook and you can visit us on Twitter. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with one of your hosts, you can reach Peter at Paradigm Consulting at paradigmcc.com or yogawithpeter.com, or you can reach me at Sublime Computer Services, www.sublimecomp.com. Com. Thanks for listening. Woo. Time to <laughs> big red button. <laughs> well, wow, I forgot to talk or how to talk. <laughs> big red button. Brother. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.